I'm Katie Atwell, co-host of the Edugals podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful episode of My EdTech Life. I am so excited to be here with you all this beautiful Saturday morning or wherever in the world you may be, whether it's evening or whether it's Sunday. Thank you so much for listening to our show. And most importantly, thank you, as always, for your support. We've been getting some great reviews and people are just sharing the show. And thank you so much that you find value in what we're doing. And I am excited about today's episode because today we're going to be talking about leadership. We're going to be talking about podcasting, but we're also going to be talking about Flipboard. So if you don't know what Flipboard is yet, please make sure that you tune in because after today, you're going to find that Flipboard is definitely going to be a wonderful tool for engagement in the classroom and even for your own personal engagement, which I find it very useful. And today I have just the most amazing guest that can go ahead and exude all of these three things. I've got Coach William Jeffrey here. And Coach Jeffrey, how are you doing this morning? Hey, man, thank you. Thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Of course. I'm just really excited to have been able to connect. I know that this show, we've been talking about it for a while. And of course, you had some prior engagements and then didn't quite work out. But we got you on here today. And I must say, and I must add, genuinely, like we were talking about, uh, you know, in the pre-chat, I have been following you. I love your work. I love the energy that you bring when you're, I see you at the conferences taking pictures and I see you, you know, uh, doing your thing and you just have this, this, I don't know what it is, but I mean, I, I love it and I'm thankful that you're here and it's really, I guess, just that passion that you have for education and ed tech. So Thank you so much for being here. And I'm really excited to dive in into these three topics, which are something that I really, really love. And as I continue to grow my career and and moving up into in this position, of course, learning the leadership aspect, seeing things from different perspectives, of course, as I do work with principals, but also, of course, my passion for podcasting. And let's not forget EdTech. So, Coach, let's go ahead and get started. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. And but before we get started, I want to thank you. Your show is so professionally done. Um, it's hard to believe that you are not a whole um, team of doing things. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You look crispy on camera. Your lights are always on point. I love the music and the, the style that you got. And I was I was I'm jealous of your intro because I'm like, man, I got to change my intro now. Like your intro is live. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Coach. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for that feedback as we love to to hear those things. And thank you that you find value in that. And again, hey, if you ever need any help, I'm always here to help in any way that I can. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and dive in, Coach, because I definitely, this is one of my favorite parts of the show. My favorite segment is always finding out the origin story. Everybody that I bring onto the show and that I have had the honor of having sit there right across from me, uh, maybe not in person, but here uh, on the show uh, is somebody that I, I have looked up 
in educate look, looked up to in education, see the work that they're doing, see how professional they are, see what they're sharing, and really making those connections with other educators, not only as the tools that you share, you know, the leadership uh, that you share, but just in the overall person that you are. So for me, everybody that is here on the show is a superhero. And as we all know, every superhero has an origin story. And that to me is something that's so important. So coach, I would love to know a little bit about your origin story. Can you tell our audience members uh, a little bit about yourself? And I'm also curious, is education, was education always your first career choice or was it something that you kind of fell into and you just took off with it? So just give us a little bit about yourself, coach. Okay. I'm going to try to keep this story about eight minutes or less. Um, I originally started off, I need to start off with that I was a special education student and I did not learn to read until I was in the third grade. And it wasn't until an episode of the Cosby show that my parents understood or my parent understood what I was going through. And so I was illiterate into the third grade. And so I was making all kind of bad grades and I was a functional illiterate and I played around in class, got in trouble. And so um, it was an episode of, of the Cosby show where Theo uh, was making bad grades and they found out that he was dyslexic. And that was a term. It was like that same week my parents had um, went to an, an art and they had found out I was dyslexic. And so basically I was going to be a 504 student at the beginning. And so at that, that time at Texas, they would pull you out and put you, because I was in a small town, they would put you in the same classroom with life skills or anybody that's special ed, you would have to go there. So I used to have to get pulled out to go to class. So during that first week, that stuff happened. And so we that episode came on. And then my mother, who I believe was a genius at uh, just I just think that my mother and a couple of my family members are just brilliant people. And so um, my mother really started honing in on, you know, helping us to be more educated because we were she was a single parent. She worked all the time. And um, so then that's what started my love for um, learning because I think my mother like really honed in when she could um, on getting me up the track, move up the, I struggled through high school, man, I was a pretty decent student. Of course I did learn how to read and I did struggle. Um, I went to college and I struggled. Uh, how I chose my major, I'm a biology pre-med major, a proud graduate of Prairie View and University. Um, but I was told as I was growing up that I needed to go to college just because my mother worked so hard as a single parent. Um, she struggled through college. And as a matter of fact, the year I graduated from high school, my mother graduated from undergraduate in college. And so I used to help my mother study her anatomy and physiology. She was going to school to be a county extension agent um, here in Texas. Uh, they work with agriculture extension agents, work with farmers and um, ranchers and um, p different people who work with growing uh, production for America's food supply. So anyway, my mother was going to school for that. And I would, I was taking anatomy and physiology at the same time and we would study together. And so I had an interest in science, but I didn't know. And so I went to Prairie View. I saw this beautiful young lady uh, walking across campus and we were going to go register back in the day. So I go over there, I'm trying to holler at her. She really ain't paying me no mind. We get into the building and then um, she, I asked her what's going to be her major. And she told me biology pre-med, she's going to be a doctor. And I was like, yeah, baby. 
I'm gonna be a doctor too. And so that <laughs> that's I chose my major, trying to holler at this young lady and come to find out um, it was a blessing in disguise because I really learned um, how I really learned in that program. Um, I failed out of college twice. And then I ended up graduating from Prairie View. It probably took me about six or seven years to get an undergraduate degree. Um, from there, I needed to work. So I was working while I was going to college and working in a pharmacy. I worked in Walgreens Pharmacy as a pharmacy technician. Got really good at that. Um, one thing I didn't know is that dyslexia gives you a chance to be creative. And so I've always been a creative person and that allowed me to be creative with my roles. Um, and then from there, I went to uh, become a hospital pharmacy technician um, after I had just graduated from college. And so I thought I was gonna be a pharmacist. And so I was on that track because I was in biology. I had a degree in biology pre-med. And it just so happens that one of my coworkers was like, we're down a teacher at this college that I'm teaching at this night school. And um, they need a, somebody to teach pharmacy technicians to pass the pharmacy technician test. You know, are you interested in teaching adult classes? And so I was like, oh, uh, you know, let me see. And so then I went over there and I fell in love with it. And I became a full-time um, college instructor for Remington College to teach adults how to do pharmacology. You taught doses, calculations, anatomy and physiology. Um, um, just, you know, human growth and development, that, that stuff. And, uh, from there, I, uh, wanted to, I fell in love with teaching so much at that particular point that I decided that I wasn't going to be a pharmacist and that I wanted to go see what teaching is like. So I found a job in HISD, Houston Independent School District, and they had an opening in the hood. And I remember walking in for the interview, I was a little late. I was actually, I was about 30 minutes late and I was like, man, I'm not going to get this job. So I walked in, I'm six, six, I'm 300 pounds. I walked in the door and the lady saw me and she's like, are you here for an interview? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, I'm, I, I know I'm late. I probably don't have to reschedule. She's like, just sit down, just sit down. You just, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. And so, um, uh, the principal looked like this and she said, come in. And then I came in and she was like, look, you start on Monday. So I really, <laughs> I think she hired me for my size of the, uh, basically. And, and I started working at Jefferson Davis high school, which ended up being Northside high school. They changed the name because it was a named after a Confederate, um, president here in the state of Texas. And so they changed the name, but, um, the average student's income at that particular time was $29,000 a year. And that's how I became an educator. Uh, and that's how I started to work with poor children. I worked there for about 12, seven years. I want to say seven years, uh, but the best, one of the best seven years of my life, I was blessed to be mentored by great people. And that's why I learned to that mentors are important because my departments, um, our department chair, she mentored me. Um, and I got involved in educational technology because I was coaching a lot of sports and I was tasked doing the, the football program. And so as I was doing the football program, I had to learn PowerPoint. And from there, people used to make fun of my programs that I put out. And so I was trying to figure out what's the better way to do football programs. So I found Adobe InDesign and I could fill enough to change the templates enough for that. And so that's how I got involved with educational technology. 
I, I jumped on the bandwagon before it more any, anybody did. I think I'm going to say that at Houston Independent School District, I started everything there because I was using Google Docs when they were rightly. And about 2004, I, and I was on Google Buzz. So I wanted even before Google Buzz was Google Plus. Um, that's I, I would want to say that I actually started Google Classroom because I have all the archive stuff that I was running my classrooms on Google Buzz when Google first came out uh, doing that. So and then from there, it just helped me with the understanding of pedagogy. Um, how does that all fit in? Uh, from there, I went to because uh, I was also a basketball coach, which is how I got the name Coach Jeffrey. And so um, I didn't really win any championships there at that high school. It wasn't until um, I, uh, my principal left, who was really feeding stuff into me, helping me grow as an educator. He got a promotion and left. And I didn't see the cause of being there anymore. I, the administration had changed. And so I felt that it was time for me to, to move on. I got a chance to work from there with a Hall of Fame coach by the name of Ronnie Courtney. He's a Texas basketball legend. And that's where I learned leadership. Uh, that was a master class and how to uh, to be a professional, um, being mentored by Coach Ronnie Courtney, and then which opened up other avenues. I went to Fort Bend ISD and I became a digital learning specialist two years after working in Fort Bend, which I was mentored by another amazing group of educators at least 15 of them. I still keep in contact with them today. We call them Team Awesome. And so from there, I became a science K-12 coordinator and Lamar Consolidated. I stayed there. I realized that I like children a lot um, after being there for two years. And uh, I was lucky enough to get hired in Columbia, Brazoria ISD, home of the mighty Roughnecks. And I was an assistant principal for the last three and a half years and in January of this past year, I became the principal. So that's my journey in education. I love it, coach. I mean, there's so much to unpack there, but I can definitely see how your experience and everything that you've went through all the way from, you know, your youth in, in school, everything that you went through and in uh, being able to work with your mom and helping her and doing the graduation. I mean, it, it all makes sense. It really does. And, and I think that that's that that factor that I see in you and the way that you carry yourself in the way that you speak to people. And when you share, you do it in such a way that you just make it so easy and you just keep it so simple because of the experience that you've had. And of course, having great mentors. And that's something that I agree with you 100% that um, definitely the, the mentor program induction, you know, programs need to be sometimes a, maybe thought about a little bit more. Uh, invested in a little bit more because it does make a big difference when you have a great mentor that can help you and lead you. And just like you said, you had several mentors along the way that will uh, sharpen your skills. And of course, now, you know, being a principal and, and that's amazing. So I'm just really excited about that. So let's unpack a little bit about that uh, more because I just want to talk a little bit more of that leadership aspect. And then of course, we'll move on to the podcasting and to the Flipboard. But one of the things that I love that you mentioned is really that mentorship. And I want to really kind of stick with that, the importance of that. So now in your position, as far as, you know, being assistant principal and having those leadership roles and now being a principal, what is your vision or how do you see the mentorship program running maybe in your school, in your campus, or how have you run that before to help teachers, you know, have that, you know, that, I guess that that anchor or that rock there next to them that can help them, you know, during a, a difficult situation or time. 
So for one of the first lessons that I learned, even back early in my career, when I started coaching was in order for you to be a good chief, you need to be a good Indian. And so basically you need to understand your, what your role is and fulfill your role. And one of the, my mentors, which is Ronnie Courtney, used to tell us to become an expert in your field of what you are doing. So in my role, my role, whether I'm in a classroom or whether I'm in the principalship, my personal leadership, my fiduciary responsibility as an employed person is to become as valuable to that organization and to sharpen my skills so that I am ready for every situation. And so number one, the first thing is you need to bloom where you're planted. And the reason why you bloom where you planted is you're supposed to create the environment that success can breed in because success is automatic. That's another core value that I believe in is that success is automatic, but success only happens in the right environments. And so, and I've said this in other places is that I'll also look at people as seeds because when you put a seed in this right environment, it is going to grow. But I also believe that in every seed, there's a forest. In the right environment, if a seed is given water, soil, and sunlight, it's going to grow to produce a tree. That tree will produce a fruit. That fruit will have other trees inside of it, and those trees will grow to produce other fruit. So that ends up becoming a forest. And so as a leader, when you're looking at leadership, when you're looking at growth and development and people, you got to put people in the right environment. And if they're not in the right environment, you need to help them cultivate the right environment. And if they can't cultivate the right environment, sometimes they have to leave from that environment and go find an environment that they're going to be cultivating in. So that is my overall 90,000 foot view of leadership. A le the, to me, a leader is a very good farmer. He understands when, um, when, when his seeds are not blooming, he understands when it's time to plant them in certain places, and he understands when it's time to send them somewhere else so that they can provide in other places. The, the thing that I can also say about my leadership, the lucky thing is that I had leaders who encouraged me to find my path. So it's one thing people feel that is that you should stay at an organization. You need to always be in an organization. That may not be the case. Um, and you'll know when it's time to leave because you you have become an expert in that field. You are you have ran into every challenge and you've hit these challenges. You've grown. And now it's time for you to move to a new place. And so that's how I approach leadership. That's how I approach people who are under me. Those are in every situation when I have been a leader, um, though that has been my mindset, especially as of late, especially being a principle now. That's the um, culture that I want to cultivate in my school. I'm not saying I have that culture right now. I'll be lying to you if I say that every leader in my school um, is growing every every leader. Um, it's a process and especially post-pandemic, quote unquote, post-pandemic. But that's the culture that I want to cultivate is that um, leadership is important and that it's systemic. I love that coach. There's so much there to unpack and uh, we'll definitely, you know what? I, I'm actually thinking like this could be a definitely a part two and I would definitely love to have you back, honestly, because there's so much there that you said and you just did it so eloquently in just about like four minutes. And I agree with you that with that 100%, I kind of have a similar 
you know, way of thinking where sometimes, like you said, you know, sometimes we may be the ones that plant the seeds. Sometimes we may be the ones that water the seeds. Uh, and in the end, somebody's the one that's going to, you know, help that, you know, forest or reap those rewards, which would be, you know, the district as a whole or your learning community as a whole that would be reaping those rewards. But I think it's something that's very important that you said that you do have that leadership that is there to help build up your skills. Oftentimes, you know, people or oftentimes it could be that you work in silos. Like we all know, sometimes teachers work in silos. You're on your own. And there really isn't anybody that's there to kind of help you out because everybody's doing their own thing. But as far as leadership and administration or principals, I think that's something that's very important that they do take that time to see, you know, kind of like the potential. They see those those jewels that are there that, you know, those coals that are going to turn into diamonds and, you know, help polish them and help equip them. And, you know, because what we need to do is we need to continue to grow leaders. And one of the things that comes to mind recently, because we had a leadership conference is that, you know, leaders don't, or leaders shouldn't just produce followers, but leaders should produce other leaders. And, you know, in the sense of building other people up. And um, so everything that you said is just something that is great. And I encourage you to put that down in writing and share it with the world, because that is just some wonderful advice, coach. Hey man, those and that, is already in the good book, you know, yeah. so that is in the good book. And um, the issue is, is that is what we should be doing. If you are a believer, the the issue is you put people and it's, it's not common in education for that to happen. In education, what happens is we're told that you have to stay here. You have to do this. There are even principles that I've been um that I've worked under who has not encouraged me to go and grow. Um, I'm just not that type of person because I see the long-term view of success. And I learned how to teach in the quote unquote hood. And if it wasn't for working with those students at that particular time, which have never would have prepared me to be the principal that I am today and working with those, those parents and those people. And so you never know where you're actually needed, you know? And so, you 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 go to a situation and I do you know to think back to it like working in the hood that was one of the if I I probably could stay there you know but I said my foundation is that you grow in your role to become an expert and not that they don't need experts in the hood but the issue is is if you know that there's a calling or there's an environment where you can thrive even more then why wouldn't you take your skill set to that environment so yeah, definitely agree with you, coach. So coach, now let's talk a little bit now to this next part, this next portion. You know, you, you've done all of this. You've gone through that, the you know, uh, school. You went to, uh, did pharmacy technician. You did adult education. And I mean, so it seems like you really have that, that teacher heart, that heart of the teacher, uh, almost, you know, very pastor-like leading people. And that's one thing that I love, honestly. I mean, just being able to lead people and, uh, you know, that's wonderful. I love it. And so now how did the, the passion for podcasting come out or that interest for podcasting come out? Well, the crazy thing about the podcast was that I had a friend, her name was Rochelle Wooten. She was a digital learning specialist. I wrote a book on podcasting probably back in about 2011. And I 
had never been with an educator or worked with an educator who had written a book. So I was just in awe of that. And I was like, oh my gosh, she wrote a book. So anyway, she wrote this book on podcast and I was like, I wanted to do a podcast. So I always wanted to do a podcast since 2011. Um, it, it wasn't until about 2017 when I was a, uh, a district science coordinator. I had a mentor at the time. We used to have these conversations and they were so epic. I was like, we need to start recording our conversations. And there was Dr. Michael Milstead. And we did the first podcast I ever did was um, I want to speak to the principal. And we put that out on Anchor and it was hugely successful, you know, just having conversations with Dr. Milstead and, you know, just you know, find it, trying to, trying to find my way around podcasting. It was, the, uh, some of the episodes are horrible. You know, the sound is off. My mics are tweaking in some areas and, and I got pitches and different things like that. So, um, that's how I started. And it, this, this podcast got started, Flipboard EDU podcast got started during the pandemic. Um, the pandemic had just hit. I was looking for resources and, um, I had originally found resources on, through Flipboard is how I would I was doing it, and so I was looking for specific um, articles on blended learning and sharing those out and start trying to get back into that realm. And um, I reached out to Flipboard. Flipboard had a project already started where they couldn't do it anymore. They used to do these um, recipe walks or these taste walks in San Francisco, and they couldn't do those during the pandemic because restaurants were closed down. And so I guess they were looking for something and I was looking for something and I came to them. We had a meeting and I asked them, can I use their colors? Can I use their brand? Can I write articles and can I name a podcast after them? And they said, yes. And I don't get paid to do it. Um, it is all free and um, they, they support me. And I don't think that deal will ever happen again, but it was a magical time when we both came together. We both was looking for something and they have supported me ever since then. And that's, that's how my current podcast um, got started. Excellent. Well, we've got Josh Tovar, who's a, an amazing administrator too, as well. He's all over the place on social media, unlock the middle. He, I mean, this guy is a passionate, passionate, uh, administrator principal. And so thank you, Josh, for joining us. And, uh, he's, he's into podcasting. And what I love that he says, it's like, Hey, PD at your fingertips. There's no excuse. <laughs> you know, that's his thing. Yeah. And so he already asked about where he can find the podcast and I already shared the link to Flipboard too. So that way he can go ahead and try yeah. it out and everything. So thank you so much, Josh, for uh, joining us as well. Um, so, all right, coach. So let's talk a little bit about that though. Like, you know, you mentioned and something that resonates with me, like you were saying, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I put that podcast out and the, the audio, the pictures and all that, you know, so for yourself, you know, having that experience and I've experienced it myself because I started this, you know, during pandemic, and it really, it turned into something completely different than what I initially had in mind, because what I had in mind was something similar to what you're saying is, let's find resources. Let me bring in these experts, you know, to share out, you know, what tools they're using, things of that sort. But then later on for myself, it was like kind of thinking like, well, wait a minute. I mean, we're, we're, we're bombarding them. There's already a lot of wonderful educators that are showing them how to use the tech tools. But for me, it was just like, how are you doing? Like, like, I want to know, like, you know, what can we do? Like, you know, if this is what you're going through and then it just kind of turned and evolved into this. And if you go back to the very first episodes till now, you'll see the progression of changes and the graphics and 
finally finding my identity as far as the branding and the the podcasting. So how was that for you having that experience, you know, from your very first uh, podcast when you initially started to the work that you're doing now? Yes. So I feel, and I, as I was, as you were talking, I was reflecting on, you know, the initial reason of why I had to get it right. I had to get it right because I wasn't in the right environment in my professional career. I had moved up. I wasn't satisfied with the interactions I was having with adults. And then I felt like I had things to share and I felt that my leadership was minimizing my voice. And so I needed to share, um, and I needed to be productive. And so that's why I initially started the original, I want to speak to the principal podcast. At that time, I was sort of supporting principals. And so from there, that need of, which totally evolved into something that is where my current um, view of it, of education is now, I'm, I'm on the law, I'm on the same lines of you is finding that voice. And education is such a broad umbrella that there needs to be voices. Your voice that you're getting out is authentic, integrity, engaged tools that will enhance instruction. Whereas mine is along those same lines, but although we're not um, speaking a lot of times to the same group, we're saying the same thing and it needs to be said. And I felt that Flipboard, which is arranged around interest, was the best way to do it because I don't feel that I can, that I'm in competition with you. I feel that I'm a colleague with you. And um, and that's how the podcasting is for me, that of all of the educational podcasts, because you got Dr. Dan Kreitz um, for the leader of learning. You have uh, just a bunch of people, the young man who's on here who wants to be a, a podcaster. We shouldn't be in competition with each other. We should be finding ways to enhance education or pitting against because we're all ultimately trying to help children. And so that collaborative conversation is what initially allowed me or that 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 community collaborative conversation was happening on Flipboard all the time. And I felt that that needed to be shared. And so that's how I started um, with that. That's my voice and my podcasting area. Oh, I love it because like you said, it's all about collaboration. And, um, you know, I'll be honest with you, starting in this space was a little bit overwhelming at first because it's like you have so many people that are doing such great things. And, you know, but then it's like, hey, you know what? Just do it, you know, just click record. And again, but Chris Nessie, thank you. Big shout out to Chris Nessie um, from the House of EdTech. You know, he's one of the ones that has helped me along the way and just encouraged me to just keep going and and do that. And, uh, you know, like you said, for a while there, it was just kind of like I'm in the middle of this. Uh, it's either EdTech and this, but because of my wanting to learn more, then I started kind of just like, hey, you know what? I, I know the EdTech is great. But I want to learn more. I want to know, like, the issues. I want to learn more about leadership and, you know, bringing in, uh, the, you know, those types of guests and just hearing things from different perspectives. I mean, it's just, uh, like you said, it's what it's all about to share those voices. And, uh, you know, the ultimate goal really is, you know, improving education and moving that education needle forward. And, you know, we see things through different perspectives and our guests see things through different perspectives. But it's just a matter of putting it out there, getting the ideas and, uh, you know, like you said, sometimes even planting those seeds. And that's why I always say, you know, if, if anybody that watches the show can take one little gem or one little nugget that they can sprinkle onto what they already do great, 
I mean, then that's great. That's wonderful. And, and being able to share that message. So coach, let's talk a little bit more about Flipboard. I mean, you know, there's some audience members that may be listening for the first time and they've never heard of Flipboard. So tell us a little bit more of how you have leveraged the power of Flipboard, not only, you know, through doing the podcast, which they can listen to that we'll let you, we'll share that out where they can find the podcast and everything, but how you have found uh, its effective use for you as far as an administrator and for your teachers and just to be able to share out information. So tell us a little bit more about that. So uh, my initial work with Flipboard started when I was in the classroom as a classroom teacher. They did an article on me because they noticed that some students were using, a lot of students were using and creating magazines at the time when they had their magazine creation feature. And um, how that started was I stole that idea from the lady who was teaching next to me. She taught chemistry, I taught aquatic science, and she would have her, she would make aquatic science, I mean, she would make chemistry magazines for her AP students to read articles. And then they would comment on what they were doing. And so I then took that and I had students to start putting information in Flipboard Magazine and making magazines and um, doing gallery walks and and just, you know, I, I just kind of like took her idea and kind of blew it up a little bit. Um, from there, um, I met Mia Quadrillo, Marcy McHugh. Marcy is married to the CEO, Mark McHugh. Um, Mia at that time, I don't know what Mia Quadrillo was doing at that time, but she was kind of high up in a company. And then there was Crystal Vanderboom. And those three women have helped my career tremendously and getting to know them and getting to know those people and how they feel about collaboration and how they feel about communication and their passion for education. That's what, um, that is the, the juice for me within Flipboard. And so Flipboard is a tool that connects people's interest and passion. Um, basically you get your news, news, it's a news aggregator and you can create these magazines. And so for a, in an educational standpoint, I wanted to collect articles about education. I wanted to be able to share them. And as I said, that it, that you should become an expert in your field. That's how I was collecting expert opinion, making sure that I can have conversations around topics that were pertinent in education. What does pedagogy look like? How does pedagogy go for educational technology? Using gradual release, um, students being creative, um, those type of things that would enhance instruction, what frameworks, um, what either PICRAT, SAMR, like what tools are teachers using? And so I was collecting a lot of educational content, but what I ended up finding out is that that educational content wasn't in competition. It, I could take somebody's educational content and share it and not be in competition with that person. And that's one of the things that I don't necessarily like about podcasting. And I'll give you a prime example on Anchor. I used to put on my early episodes, I put information on Anchor and a lot of my episodes were stolen off of Anchor. People who had the same topics, people who had the same things. And so I wasn't used to that when you were collaborating and sharing. That attribution was is already built into a platform like Flipboard. So it's not, if I take your content and share it, you still get credit, okay, for what you created. And so to me, that was important. So I wanted to get a, a podcast that would be on Flipboard so that 
I, I, there was no competition in between it as we were communicating and collaborating and then trying to find ways to educate children. That is awesome, Coach. And that's one of the things that I love, you know, right now uh, as I'm going through uh, Flipboard and opening up the page and everything and been playing around with it, I have I was familiar with Flipboard when I was in the classroom, but I just never really dove in to it as much. In other words, not just diving in as a tool, but really seeing it as an instrument. And the way that you're describing it is just something that is great where we can go in there and search up media. And you can go ahead and put all of that together, be able to share it. But I think the most important thing too is attribution. And I think that's something that is very, very important. And as for as many content creators that are out there, oftentimes you see kind of like, hey, that I just saw that over here. And so who did it first or whose idea was this and things of that sort where I've had that happen to me before. And I'm like, huh, this is very interesting. But like you said, I love what Flipboard has done. And as far as the magazine, I see that they do have that create a magazine option. And I can definitely see how this could be very useful in the classroom for students to even create as well and, you know, build up knowledge on a specific topic and take it to that next level. And like you said, gallery walks and just being able to share that knowledge. But for professionals like yourself, myself and teachers as well, being able to take again, and enhancing that learning experience through, um, you know, these articles and these ma magazines and to be able to use that in the classroom. I think that's something that's wonderful, teaching digital skills, uh, curation, you're teaching, uh, you know, digital citizenship as well, and making sure that you're looking for real news and things of that sort. So that's something that I really love. So I'm definitely going to be playing around with this a little bit more, Coach, and I'm going to be listening to that podcast for some of those hot tips as well. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, also, too, like the curation is huge when we're moving into this form of um, digital citizenship, the curation, the attribution, because we need our students to be creators. And it's now more important for you to be original because you can get found out to being fake and your online pers persona, your reputation is easily lost and gained through social media and people need to be able to build trust. And so um, and that's why I really respect you. And that's why I respect your show, because, you know, you have an authentic trust about you. You don't want to have any just anybody on your show selling anything. And I appreciate that warning that you gave me because that makes a lot of sense. You know, you don't want to lend your integrity to something that is not beneficial for student achievement. And that's the way it should be. And so when we are dealing with these social platforms, we are publishers. We're automatically, anytime you create anything, you post on Instagram, you're a, you are a publisher. And so your credibility is at play at every post. And that's why I appreciate Flipboard. So Flipboard doesn't pay me to say what I said. I, I just, because of the, the core values of, of what you stand for, the integrity, the um, the building of uh, choice and voice that's already built into that platform. And I don't know of many platforms that that do that, which is why I go so hard for them is because of that issue. Yeah, excellent. And, and that's one thing that I love. And thank you, Coach, for sharing that, because, again, like I said, uh, and that was just some sound sage advice from a really close friend of mine who is a creator as well. And like I said, I. I opening up a little bit more and just bringing people on that are doing some great things. Like I want them to share too what great things that they're doing. And, but again, I, 
you really have to believe in in the product and just the fact that you know I've seen what you have done with it and see how you are out there you know bringing just the the knowledge and the know-how to a lot of educators and uh, you, and seeing the tool itself I'm like man this this tool can definitely enhance that learning experience for students and one thing that you mentioned you know it's uh, having those evergreen skills which is the creation process you know that's the the future of work, the future of school, become content creators and, you know, creating your own learning as well. And so that's something that is very important that we start teaching our students at an early age and how to do it right, do it the correct way and do it with integrity. And that's something that I definitely push a lot within our district as well. And speaking with parents, you know, to and equipping parents with uh, resources so they can also have those conversations at home with their kids alongside the conversations that we have within our school and within our walls there with uh, the counseling department and within our teachers and so on. So that way the whole learning community is enjoying and getting the same message and learning at the same time. And I think that something like Flipboard is that I'm seeing is I, it's going to give me that outreach, not just within my district, but outside my district and having that put in, put, putting that in parents' hands too as well, that information and sending that same message, very, very important as well. So I love that, Coach. So Coach, what do we have to look forward to, you know, as far as your continual, continued work? You know, do you have any conferences that you're going to be at, you know, later on this year? I know that the school year is about to start. I know you're going to be very busy, but where, where and how can our audience members connect with you? Uh, well, I am not going to any conferences uh, that I know of uh, this year. I am going to be at my high school uh, and, you know, just trying to make sure I am being a well and purposeful leader amongst my staff members. But I'm going to be on, uh, of course, every podcast and station pretty soon. I'll kick out a lot of uh, episodes uh, on my podcast. So you can find me on every podcast and station. Uh, the name of the podcast is the Flipboard EDU podcast. I was found everywhere. Or you can, if you are bored, you can look at, uh, I want to speak to the principal and, you know, look at where we came from, from that. There's some great topics, great conversations on that podcast. Oh, you can find me on any social media platform um, at Coach Jeffrey. Perfect. That's awesome, Coach. Well, I've had a great, great time speaking with you and just really more than anything coach than what we talked about is just to be able to hear your heart and i don't know if that makes sense but just the way that you carry yourself your story and everything is just really brings me joy that there are some amazing leaders such as yourself that are putting in that work and trying to make that change and moving that needle forward for education and taking care of the people around you and i love your your thought process, your leadership, your philosophy and what you believe in as far as, you know, planting the seeds, watering the seeds. And at the end, you know, it's a society that's going to definitely reap that reward when you're building up these leaders and, you know, building up the forests and all that. And, you know, it really, I, I learned a lot today and it just really fills my heart with joy. And I'm really excited to take some of that too, as well, and to include it into my practice to continue to grow and to be able to do the same thing. So thank you, Coach, for sharing your heart with us today. But the show's not done yet. This is my favorite part of the show. Here we go. Josh knows. It says, ready? Here we go. <laughs> what is the kryptonite? So, Coach, in the current state of education, through your experience and everything that you've seen, 
What would you say at this moment is your current edu kryptonite? Um, lack of self-care would be my current kryptonite. Um, you, as a leader, it's important for you to go to the source and get refilled. I'm a firm believer in you cannot give what you do not have. And so from there, you have to make sure that you fill your bucket so that you can pour out and pour into people because people need you. I think that one of the issues with education right now, while there are so many teachers leaving education, is really not because of they don't like it. It's because of poor leadership. And if with the right leadership, you can get people to do anything. And if we're really being intentional, and if you're really being purposeful as a leader, then you would do what it takes in order to lead in the right way. And I think that you have to, you have to refill, you have to gain. And so the issue is, as being a leader, just make sure you take care of first things first. Excellent. Great answer, coach. Thank you so much. All right. Question number two, coach, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? A billboard, anything on it, it would be, oh, that's a very good question. Um, it'd probably be something like, uh, with something with Flipboard and a cup of coffee and, uh, Flipboard plus a cup of coffee equals a, a smiley face. And and I don't know, with a bunch of pictures in the background of people drinking coffee. And I thought to throw a picture of my wife and my family up there to be uh, in that picture collage. But that probably would be my billboard. I love it. And actually, it would be a flipboard then, Coach. It wouldn't be a billboard. <laughs> hey, but I love that, Coach. Hey, and I must say, you already have some great pics with some mugs. I love that. The I, And I'm I'm calling that my mugshot Saturdays. So now, you know, today I had my mugshot and, of course, you know, featured the mug right here. So thank you so much to you and to Flipboard for sending this over. I really appreciate it. All right, Coach. Last but not least, let's say that this is your podcast today, all right? And we're switching roles and I am your guest. What would be one question you'd like to ask me? And Josh here uh, says, coach, ask him a good one. And it's, uh, uh, let me think. Uh, I, there are a lot of questions I want to ask you. I want to ask you to come on my show. That's number one. Let me make sure let's get that. So you got to come on my show. I guess what I would ask you is... What is your ultimate goal for supporting children in your school district? Wow. Okay. Yeah. The ultimate goal. So this is what my ultimate goal would be. And if, if this is what we were, would be able to do, I think that it would work out great. Um, I know we we're in a very tiny district, so, you know, it's about 14 schools only. So there's only two of us in this role as instructional techs to be able to support so many, you know, teachers and of course all the putting the the right instruments in their hands to be able to share with uh, our students. Uh, but for myself, going back to what we said, coach, in the very beginning is kind of changing the language a little bit as far as our practice as instructional technologists. And, you know, the fact that there's so much stuff that is out there I believe the simpler that we keep it, the further we can go and the less teachers feel that they have on their plate 
because we know that there are several platforms out there that can do some great, great things, but oftentimes they replicate each other. And it's just because of one little additional button that really doesn't play too much into what the, the actual goal is in mind. So for myself, the vision and the goal is just keeping it simple, changing a little bit, changing the language for my teachers to make them feel comfortable and understand that the, the tech tools that we're using to see them more as instruments and getting them to understand that the more that they practice, the more that they learn these, this instrument, the more useful it can be and that it could save them some time, you know, if they invest that time. And of course, once they feel comfortable as any good musician, they can produce some wonderful melodies in enhancing the student learning. So for myself, my goal to, I believe, to reach more, more students is to really help my teachers understand that as many tools as there are out there, we always need to make sure we focus on the ones that are going to meet that certain goal that we're going to need, but that they feel comfortable with and relieves any stress of having to know anything else or as far as logins and things of that sort. So for me, it's just keeping it simple. The simpler we keep it, the better we can do, the more effective we can be. And then after that, we can add some additional layers to what they already do great and just, you know, sky's the limit. So that would be my ultimate goal right there. <laughs> Man, spoken like a true coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coach. Well, thank you so much, coach. I really appreciate, like I said, everything that you do, your work. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you so much for sharing a cup of coffee with me this morning here, you know, so cheers to you, coach. I appreciate you. And to all our audience members that are out there, those of you that are watching live, those of you that will be catching the replay, thank you as always from the bottom of my heart for making my EdTech life what it is today. Please make sure you visit our website, guys, at myedtech.life, myedtech.life, where you can check out this wonderful episode and previous amazing episodes too as well where I guarantee that you can go ahead and listen, pick up a little gem there that you can add to your to what you are already doing great and just take you to the next level. So thank you so much for your support. And please make sure you drop us a review. Give us some feedback, guys. We're always looking to improve. And if you also have any guest suggestions, please make sure that you reach out to us and then see if we can go ahead and make that happen. And of course, we simply ask also that if you can and if it's in your heart, Make sure you stop by our store and help support our mission and our vision to go ahead and continue to connect wonderful educators, education professionals, higher ed creators together one show at a time. I know that encompasses a lot, but my mission and vision is grand and I definitely want to bring all of those worlds together so we can continue to move the education needle forward. So please make sure you visit our shop and help support our cause. And as always, my friends, thank you so much. And until next time, my friends, don't forget, stay techie. We'll see you all next time.